Welcome back, lovely listeners, to this Making Stuff Better podcast with me, Graham Hyde. For everyone who is tracking the names of our guests, this time we have another Hannah. The Hannah in this episode is Hannah Davis, who is the Chief Executive at Healthwatch Leeds, and we'll learn more about what Healthwatch Leeds is and does throughout the episode. So we talk about how Healthwatch seeks out and amplifies people's people's voices in the city of Leeds and some of the projects they're involved with. It's particularly interesting to learn about some of the outcomes of the work, including the desire for people to receive information from health and care professionals in plain English. Going out and buying a medical dictionary to understand the medication you've been prescribed is not an ideal situation for anyone. We learn more about the How Does It Feel For Me programme, and I'll pop a link to this work in the bio of this episode. So much of this conversation resonates with me, and I hope it does with you too. So without further ado, let's get into conversation with Hannah. Okay, so for this episode of the podcast, we are joined uh, by Hannah Davis, who's the chief exec of Healthwatch Leeds. So welcome, Hannah. Yeah, hi, Graham. Hi. So um, so first of all, um, let's just explore who you are. I mean, I know who you are, but our listeners might not. So, so tell us about your role at Healthwatch, Healthwatch Leeds and what does Healthwatch Leads do? Okay, so um, as you mentioned, I'm Chief Executive at Healthwatch Leads, and Healthwatch's role is to be out there listening to the people of Leeds and gathering um, and then decision makers to, uh, to, to support decision makers to, to get health and care services right. So we do that in lots of different ways. Um, we have an advice and inquiry line that people can call. Frequently we get calls when people have tried complaints, teams and investigations and just don't know where to go to. Um, so, on, yeah, we've got our advice line, but we also do um, specific pieces of work around all the things that, that, that people are finding issues with. And um, we might do a report, we might do a video, we do it in lots of different formats. Um, and then taking that information to decision making so that's that's that can be at the strategic level at sort of health and care uh, leads level um to the health and well-being board or or specific um uh decision making boards or at a local level as well so i would say on a day-to-day basis what we've we're working with our health and care partners all the time around around improving health and care for people in leads so we don't necessarily wait for a we hear of an issue, then we'll pick up the phone and speak to uh, or LTHT or. or um, so yeah, so we are we're, we're, we have a specific, very specific bringing people and care decision making. I should say as well, we're 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 a statutory organisation as well, but we're completely independent. So there's a lo- there's a local health watch in every. And we're a small organisation. I think there's um, uh, eight full-time staff, but we're, we're supported by um, 80 active volunteers okay. young, uh, through lots of different ages in all the work that we do. 
Um, and and I'd say as well, we're also greatly supported by the fact that we work in a Leeds health and care system, which is very open to hearing the voice of people. There are there are other health and care systems who who don't see that as an opportunity to get things right. They see it more in a, in a having to be defensive way, whereas we're lucky to work in, in a health and care system that actually wants to hear it and is open to hearing it in a very mature, um, quality improvement, um, committed, values-led way, I would say, which, which you know, I, I really, you know, when I speak to other health watch managers um, across West, West Yorkshire and across across uh, uh, the network across England, it's not the same experience. So, you know, I think that that means that we can be even more effective because we know that if we do a piece of work, that it will be listened to. And um, and that's that's, you know, that's 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 a brilliant thing, I think. And is that because I suppose there's a, there's been a, a long, a longish history of working with people in Leeds um, and do you think that sort of investment in that culture is why your work thrives and you're noticing that the work that you do in Leeds is different or received differently or, or yeah, or, I don't know, commissioned differently yeah, to think, other parts think, of the country? I think it's, you know, and, and I'll always talk in a very optimistic, positive way. I, th- I think I think it's understood by some parts, but I think, you know, the it's, it's a massive cultural change to be working together in a in an integrated health and care system type way um and um it, it doesn't that 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 way of thinking doesn't run throughout all our health and care organizations does it but from a from a senior strategic level it, it definitely does and i think what has um what has supported that is all the, all the i think there's a number of things i think um i think our council had a really good a long-standing tradition of partnership working and understanding of working with communities, understanding of working with third sector partners. And and when other councils um, cut those budgets to things like infrastructure voice, um, Leeds didn't do that. And so, you know, we're, we're that, that, that I think is a very solid foundation of, of the importance of working with, working with third sector organisers. Definitely, definitely. The investment, the investment made, in the partnership approach, you know, we have a health partnership team. It's essential that you have that those those catalysts, those people driving forward that partnership working. Partnership working doesn't work without that. It's 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 just a word on the in those yeah. connections, and it's a key it's a key skill set I think around stakeholder management and understanding how you how you connect pieces of work, but doing it in a very supportive, respectful way. It's very easy to turn off relationships, I think. And um, so I think I think the partnership team, and then I think, I think um, you know, sit, sitting at senior boards like um, Partnership Executive Group and Health and Wellbeing Board, there's just such a collective, it feels like there's collective values as well. Um, and and I, don't, I don't know if that has come organically or whether that is, you know, that is part of what's expected when you work in Leeds. And maybe that's, you know that's that's who we are but you know so they're just three of the things i think that's that's helped us along the way to 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 be where we are and i suppose as well we're a we're a, we're a, we're geographically we the boundaries make sense we all work you know it's it's and and i think all the organizations are good at what they do as well so that there's you know there's less there's less you know, people have to be less defensive, so there's more an opportunity to work together, isn't there? So I think you know, just a, there's just a few of those building blocks. I think about why it works, I, and yeah. I also I, th- I think leadership is absolutely key. 
and senior leadership is absolutely key um yeah. and and that's why people in those key roles um like you know councillor venner tom reardon tim riley thea kath roth um yeah. uh, julian um jim you, you know they they're absolutely committed to this and, and if you've got a different individual coming in i think it could easily start to start to start to sway things so i think it's very interesting that leadership and that commitment and and yeah. you know yeah I, I think you're right so select i don't know controversially but as a challenge back on that if you're saying that all of these relationships between all these people at, at senior level therefore the relationships between the organizations that they represent so why why is the gap in health equity widening if 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 organizations are doing stuff collectively in an integrated way and listening to the voice of the people why are those i suppose measures that are popular in the in the press and you know with government why are those gaps getting worse i think i think what i'm describing is a strong sort of commitment and ambition we're not necessarily doing it um and and that's that's the next bit and, I, and when you ask me about my big question that is my big question okay. about <laughs> how do we move from listening to people to acting significantly on what people are saying and some of that is transformational change based on what people say yeah. um say needs to happen so and I, and I think, yeah, so I think that the challenge around inequalities and, and um, it, it's interesting because, you know, we know that we know that, you know, such a high significant percentage of what drives inequalities is not your health and care. But there are things that health and care organisations can do. And and we did a recent report about uh, talking, uh, link, working closely with uh, Forum Central, the third sector network. Uh, speaking to, I think we spoke to 20 community group, uh, community organisations about what is it that health and care organisations could do? Because interestingly, the challenge I received from John Beach at, mm. at Lassen was, don't do any more engagement. Of it. We know what the issues are. We've been telling you consistently over a period of time about what the issues are. Yeah. So the piece of work that we did was to, was to say, okay, can you t tell us what those are and we'll pull out some themes. So, you know, and, and and none of these things are rocket science. I mean, particularly in all our work, what comes out is really strongly is around how we communicate with people, how the health and care service communicates with people. Yeah. Do we do it in a jargon way that makes sense if I've got a learning disability? Do, do we do do we know that I've got a learning disability? Do we record what we should do? Um, do we do we keep people informed? about about their treatment these the way that and, the, and and i'm trying to find a new way of describing communication because obviously sometimes people think um i mean social media yeah mass communications what i'm talking about are those person service to person ways so that i don't uh, me me in leads as a person patient service feel confused i don't i don't know I don't misunderstand what somebody's telling me in terms of taking my medication. Um, I understand what the treatment is. I understand um, when it's going to happen. I understand why, and I'm part of those conversations. All those things are consistently messages that we hear through all our, all our work and, th and through our group partners. So whether other parts of the health and care listening team uh, in the city hear this consistently. And, and um, 
and, and we, we, we're doing a piece of work called How Does It Feel For Me, which is where we, we follow in real time. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a wider programme than just the videos and the narratives that we, we're leading on. But um, following real time about people's experiences. And again, communications come really high on that. And, and one of the participants that we followed was Joyce and Edgar. They were a couple, an elderly couple. Um, um, and, and one of the things Joyce said is I had to buy a medical dictionary to understand um, what my GP said. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that, that sort of, um, that sort of, inf- and I, I've moved on slightly from the inequalities question, but again, that theme came out from the inequalities work yeah. around around how important communication is to enabling us to do all the things that the health and care system wants us to do, like self manage and self care, and maybe not call the doctor, you know, um, you know, as often or wh- or whatever it might be. But if yeah. we don't if we don't understand if we don't understand as people patient service users, that then we can't do that. So, so the so the so the I suppose the the, the I think there's, and and the other themes that came out of the inequalities work was things like it, you know, it'd be great if the if if the workforce was representative of the community that it worked in, yeah. um, you know, the the first point of contact is absolutely key. How do we make that warm and empathetic, uh, rather than some of the experiences that that some people might have? If you've got an additional communication need, how do we understand that? So, it's. It, they don't sound like particularly rocket science sort of um, themes or observations, but actually they're fundamental to um, to how people access services, understand services, can support themselves and their, their families through services. So, so yeah, I think there's and that is I think the theme for us as a as a, a listening community um, and Health Watch is part of that, but, but there are other partners through our People's Voices group across whose who's, our job is to listen to the, the people of Leeds. Is almost people have told us what the issues are now. How do we act on that as a, yeah. in 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 real terms as a health and care system? And I think there are huge opportunities. You know, I think if if we were to become the first planning system, oh my goodness, what plaudits we would get. You know, people would look in and go, "Crikey, that's amazing!" You know, every time. You know, it, and, it's and so that, simple, though, isn't it? Well, I, I don't think it, I don't think it is. I think it's not the way the world works at the moment. In terms of, I, I had a, I had a, a, a telephone conversation, a consultation with my GP this week, and she was very good, but at some point did go slightly into jargon. I thought I've got no idea what you're talking about right yeah. now. But but yeah. I but I was able to say, oh, I don't understand. Can you explain that to me? But that's because I felt confident to say that. You know, yeah. a lot of people wouldn't feel confident, and 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 I think you've got me on a roll now. But I think it, I think it also, I think it, it should run through all our our partnership working and and in the new world, you know, the place based partnership. That even papers, the way we talk in meetings, should be in a very inclusive way. Because if we if we truly want to become a health and care system, then if I work in a care home, I need to understand what you're talking about. Or if I work. You know, if I work in a third sector organisation, I need to know what you're talking about. And and we don't. We, so, I, again, I think I think it's such an opportunity around the plain English system that we it would and, and the impact that would have on health and care integration, but also on inequalities, on people being able to self-manage. I just think it's a and and, you know, nationally, people will go, wow, look at Leeds. Amazing. Interesting. So. <laughs> That's really interesting. So none of that stuff that you've just said there is we need to overhaul cancer referrals. We need to overhaul the diabetes offer in Leeds. None, you've not mentioned any of that. 
the stuff that you've mentioned there is very much person-centered this is what the people of Leeds are telling us and and we're not talking to them in plain English so there's so so how can those services be accessible because we're creating the the barriers by by not by not talking in a in a plain English calling stuff what it actually is way so yeah it's um so how can I be assured that that those things are highlighted and someone somewhere is going to do something about it so I think I think um, I would like to think that as Health Watch and working with our People's Voices Group partners, we are highlighting that, and and we've had really good. Uh, we sit on the partnership executive group, so we're in these meetings where, but it is it's change. It's massive long term cultural change to, to change the way that we talk with people, and we have things in you know, public uh, health have been really great at supporting the uh, better conversation. Um, but again, it's getting take up of that 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 cultural change about being person centred. Mm. Um, it it it's a it's a big piece of work, isn't it? But it's it's you know, it's, it you know the, there are opportunities, and that's that's why you know I, I think even in the way that we talk in health and care meetings, if we started to model that behaviour, that yeah. would be amazing. And I suppose the other the other thing to 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 say is one of one of our other passions. That we feel really strongly about is is around how actually as a health and care decision making partnership you you need you need the voice of people central to it and if you're not connected as as a as a decision maker or a policy planner or whoever you might be if you're not connected with communities then how can you make informed decisions about about the the you know about your work yeah and I was that, that was that the piece of work where where senior folk or, or generally folk within the within the Leeds health and care system are, are paired with people in communities? Is that yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, the People's Voices Group, and I've sort of referred to it very uh, quickly, that is, it was established by the Health and Wellbeing Board um, a number of years ago, and it said, actually, all you involvement people could work together as one health and care team. And so we've we've really motored on with that over the past few years. And we've got a shared ambition about putting the voice of um, people at the centre of health and care, particularly the voice of inequalities. But we've also developed a number of ways that we think as a health and care system, we should do that. And one of the ways is the allyship programme that you described mm. there, that senior leaders are connected with third sector organisations. The Big Leads Chat, again, is about connecting decision makers with communities. I think the challenge I would like to put in is that actually you shouldn't work in Leeds place-based partnership or or you know the partnerships we work in if you're not connected with with communities or the people that you know that uh, whatever area you might work with if you haven't got that voice for me the 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 people insight the people voice bit is as important as data <laughs> and and you can't you you know together and often the insight bit is seen as a bit sort of fluffy and all, all yeah we must do a bit of that but yeah. that, but you know you'll know through the population health management stuff the data tells you something but the insight tells you something else Absolutely. and it's and it's and it's it, and it's how do we with the new you know that with the work that Leonardo Tantari is leading on around um and I, I never describe it right but you know the sort of office of data um you know 
insight needs to go alongside that. So for so for me, and and then there are I, I suppose the other opportunities are culturally. So one of the things we sort of suggested is is that everybody working in the place based partnership. Um, um, working in a third sector organisation, a community organisation. When you go to Hunslet or Beeston or Morley or and you're you're in an office and you you're around you're with people, yeah. Feel you, you know you see and feel it. And I think there's we've got that that disconnection between policy making and decision making from real people and and our lives here in Leeds. A very clever thing as a health and care system to say no, you know that's part of who we are. You know, if if you haven't got the ear of LM seekers in the city, and you know that is that is that is an, a key area of your work, then then we're not doing it right. Yeah. And yeah, and also it it gives you it gives you inspiration, it gives you gives you motivation, and and it also again. You it also gives you that that holistic thinking that actually a person is not just a set of, of medical conditions that actually you know this is Carrie one of the people we followed on the how does it feel for me program poet she's got an amazing sense of humor um she's she's uh, you know fantastic she might she's also got um mental health conditions um you know um but but by seeing somebody as the whole person, you you understand more about about what it is that actually yeah. you know we can we can do together to um, to enable people and and all you know all the things we talk about in Leeds about asset based you know we've just done the time every time we do well it's not just the big East chat we're out in communities all the time it blows me away how amazing people are yeah. and, and one of the key themes from the big East chat I heard was about the people in Leeds. Um, and so, it's, so I suppose what, yeah, I, I, I think it would be again a really exciting proposition if, as a place-based partnership, we said, right, you know, you want to be part of us, let, let, you know, connecting with the community. Yeah, well, I, I can report some progress on that. So, so my day job is with NHS Leeds Clinical Commissioning Group. And there was something that went round about um, obviously due to COVID meeting space was um, restricted in, in the building. And someone said, well, we can we can get some rooms in a local hotel. And that that just raised massive red flags to me. Mm. So trying to change that that culture of the easiest thing is let's go and book some rooms in a hotel and have meetings. It's like, no, let's mm. get a list of community assets phone numbers, email addresses, how do we contact these people? Let's book our, our meetings or chats in community spaces. So I am confident that that mindset will be changing in that organisation. Um, because as you say, it, if you can't, if you can't see the people and, and, and uh, relate to them or, or even talk to them and understand their holistic mm. Mm. approach to life I suppose because it's not just about what conditions somebody have has as you've very eloquently said people are people aren't they and they they have lots of amazing assets um which doesn't define them in terms of their health and care needs they they've got lots of other assets so so that from my my small seat in the lead system I've certainly 
certainly uh, pretty passionate about getting people out there into the communities for exactly that reason. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, if you, if you, you know, if uh, the health and wellbeing board, as, as before COVID, you know, moved around the city, and and you know, even just, you know, it's quite a brutal mechanism, but it it makes makes decision makers go to different parts of the city that they wouldn't ordinarily go to. So, you know, it, it, the, there are mechanisms that we can all do, aren't there? Absolutely. And, and I suppose my, my other challenge would be if, if you've got people in the room that you've always got people in the room, that's, you know, you're not doing it right. It should feel different. All this work should feel different, shouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I'm a ma- <clears throat> I've said this on the podcast before. I'm a massive fan of the cafe at the old fire station. <clears throat> so if I can ever have a meeting at Gipton Old Fire Station, then I absolutely will because it's a it's a wonderful community venue. But but that's just because I know it and I've got a relationship there. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I want to be going out. I want to know where I can go in Morley or Beeston to get a co- mm-hmm. cup of coffee and a and a space mm-hmm. to to set up and and have a chat with with anybody that wants to have a chat. So you know I I totally agree with you. Um, and I suppose that I suppose that sort of pulls us back into that um that health equity or health inequalities so i am i assume that you are aware of health equity across the city have you got any particular examples from your work with with hearing the voices of the people in different communities is it that is it a consistent message or a consistent theme across the whole of the city or are there pockets of different messages in different parts of the city? I think that's I mean that was sort of the work I was referring to before around around the report that we've done around what is it that health and care organisations can do. We've done another piece of um, uh, which is called the inclusion for all which is um, out of whether or not uh, the accessible information standards was being adhered to. And it sounds like a very dry piece of information. You know, it's like, well, what's that? I don't know. Um, but actually, it's it's a fundamental point to whether or not, again, going back to communication, whether we're making services um, accessible to people with learning disabilities, sensory impairment. Um, uh, uh, so the, the work there that we've done, um, a- a- again, just highlights the fact that for some people, we're almost hitting the button and another barrier is going up straight away before they've even accessed it because we, we don't understand that they've got a learning disability so that actually they need to be communicated in a different way or we don't understand that someone is um, is is blind and needs to receive their information in a different way. So, um, and we've, uh, but what we did at Healthwatch, we did, you know, I'm keen that we're not a Healthwatch that sort of just raises the issue, but that we, that we help and we support the city to do some thinking and, and sort of, um, um, support the change around that. So we developed what was called a Inclusion for All Action Hub, where we mm-hmm. brought together health and care partners to say, well, you know, uh, in a really sort of supportive, um, honest um, space to say, well, these are some of the challenges we're having by actually doing this, by actually being able to ask people and record people's information. How do we get, you know, how do we get over this? So, so although some of the things that we described sound very easy to fix, some of them are not easy to fix in the slightest, but you know I think what we've been able to do at Healthwatch is is keep keep that you know high support, high challenge. I think that's the that's the approach that we've come from, 
um, that actually, you know, partners are trying to do the best that they can on these things. Um, but, you know, how do we move that forward? And then, and then, you know, being honest as well, sometimes it's just not high enough on the agenda. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's the opportunity, I suppose, with health inequalities rising at the agenda, whether it's nationally driven or, you know, local while, but we didn't have a plan about how we were going to do it locally. But, you know, how do we, how do we move from saying that we want to improve the health of the poorest fastest to actually having a plan to do it? Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I do think the local care partnerships are, a, they, they for me, I, I've always been really excited by local care partnerships because to me that, you know, that, that opportunity to think very locally about who your, who your community is, work with them. So put their voices at the centre, of course, yeah. um, and, and, and say, right, what, what is it that, you know, understand those lives, those holistic lives, and then, and then work together about, you know, you know, why is it certain community might not be ask, accessing screening opportunities or whatever it might be, but by building, by working together as a, the, the idea of local care partnerships is really, really exciting. And, and we've been really keen to support it as much as we've been able to. And, um, uh, and you know, a, a sort of the work that the LCP team has done, I think, has been brilliant, you know, that, that to, to drive forward a really different way of working at a local level um, and, and not a big team or resource to do that. I think it's, it's you know, it's been a, you know, a, a really good piece of work. But I think as a city, we need to get behind that. So this yeah. is this is one of the key ways that we want to address inequalities. This is one of the key ways that we want to get this right. And 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 again, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, partnership working is not easy. It it takes time, it takes resource, it takes skills to enable that to happen. Um, so I, you know, I, I, any way that I can, I, you know, we've been able to support um, uh, that. And, and again, putting pe people's voices, local people's voices, into local care partnerships is absolutely fundamental. You need that leadership. And and um, so we've done some work supporting. Um, Kim and the team on that but because of our limited capacity not as much as maybe you know we would have liked to but we've done the pilot with the poverty truth commission in york road um you know the big lease chat we've just done a lot of big lease chats with local care partnerships as well but again that needs resource to, to bring to support local people to be those local leaders within local care partnerships um and we do have patient reference groups or, or um gps have patient reference groups so what we know is the demographics of people who who um, are involved in patient reference groups are often not the people in terms of the greatest health inequalities, or maybe representative of their communities. Some some might be, and you you know yeah. it's important not to generalise at all about this stuff. But but I suppose our challenge would be how how are you as a local care partnership hearing the voice of people with the greatest health inequalities within your area, and how are they sort of part of the leadership of, and and none of that's easy or. or or, but I mean, the other thing to say, I suppose, which I'm sure has come up in podcasts before, is we've got a really strong third sector um, sector in our in our communities who can support us to do some of that. Yeah. Um, so it's not to, it's not to start again. We, we've got really strong foundations to enable that voice. Um, and I and and also, I suppose, all the work that we do at cross city level, you know, we know, you know, the stuff I've talked to here, we know this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, you know, it's in the meeting this morning. At the partnership executive group around around Bermontoffs and the community centre there and you know hopefully hopefully um sort of work that's going to be happening there but 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 how do how do we how do we keep at our core about what we you know what is it that people have been telling us consistently matters 
How do we all know that and understand and live and breathe it? And part of that is our responsibility at Health Watch and the People's Voice Group is to make it easy to understand. So that so that, you know to to say these are the three key themes that we need to focus on. So you know. And do you so so if you're you know you're you're speaking to the people of Leeds, you're gathering the the themes that they're saying are really important to them, and you're feeding that back to whoever you know they're, they're in the health and care system. Do you then to some extent hold the health and care system to account to say, look, guys, we've done this piece of work. These are the themes. What are you doing about it? Is that in your gift yeah. role? Yeah. So I think that's I think that's a that's a really important role of Health Watch. So, you know, there's lots of organisations that we work with. Right. But we have a specific role to provide that challenge um, and and as I say, hopefully we do it in a very constructive way, sort of high support, high challenge. But yeah, our, our, our role, you know, we recently did a, or a few years ago, we did a report about mental health crisis um, uh, in Leeds. And, and again, we took a person-centred approach to that. To that, We didn't say, oh, what's, what's, the, what's the crisis team? You know, what's your experience with the crisis team? Our, our approach was, what's it like to have a, um, a mental health crisis in Leeds? Um, and, and, you know, there were some hearty, that report about people's experiences and so from that you know we, we take it to the relevant service providers and say look this is what people are telling us what what you know what 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 can we what are you going to do about this yeah cool um so, yeah. i have to say during during covid mm -hmm. that has at, at times you know it's it, during covid it's almost been survival never mind anything else uh in terms of health and care services so and really positively, as I sort of mentioned at the beginning, we are encouraged to provide that challenge as well. Yeah. Um, and and I would say a West Yorkshire and Harrogate, oh sorry, West Yorkshire level as well. We sit on the um, Strategic Oversight and Assurance Group, and and Rob Webster, the Chief Executive at West Yorkshire, is very, very clear. He wants Health Watch to bring that challenge. So yeah, that 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 independent challenge of from what people experience and, and and actually that's that's you know that that feels really really important yeah. um that that we bring that challenge yeah and i suppose that's recognition for for all of the really great stuff that you're doing in leeds that people are recognizing this stuff's really valuable let's let's bring them bring you guys in in closer so that seems like a a validation of the great work that you guys are doing to me yeah, I mean, hopefully, and, it's, and yeah, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I like to think that the work that we've done um, has been really meaningful and actually is driving change. And, yeah. uh, because that that's that's ultimately what health watches are all around about improving health and care services. So whether it's a phone call that one of the team takes around someone who's you know in incredible pain because they can't access their dental treatment and are desperately trying to find a dentist because as we know there's a massive shortage of um uh, nhs dentists yeah. you know that outcome happen those sorts of things happen every day in terms of change but i suppose as well i'm keen that we're driving forward that change in in yeah. system-wide that long-term change about about how we can design and and develop services in, in a much more person-centered way as well cool excellent and so, so kind of last couple of questions. So last question, and then we'll just revisit your big question. Um, so with all of this work, how do you know that 
the work that you're doing and hearing and and amplifying the voice of the people in the city how do you know that any of that is making anything better what evidence have you got so part of our process is when we do a formal report is to is to write to providers and say tell us what you've done as a, as a result of this so we've got you know we've got evidence of of changes to health and care services as, as a result of those specific reports um, I suppose on a day-to-day -day basis, as I mentioned, you know, we're supporting people to, to find the right service or to, to you know, to hopefully um, improve people's experiences um, along the way. And then I suppose seeing, um, seeing that sort of cultural change stuff, that big system stuff um, making a difference as well, or, uh, and I have to be honest about it, it's, it's, it's part of how we want to work in Leeds, whether or not it's translating into the deliverable and implementation or not, who knows. Um, but, you know, I'm just thinking about the digital inclusion work that we've done over COVID as well and ensuring, you know, that, that supporting all our health and care providers to think seriously about that move to remote services. Um, you know, there's, I, 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 sort of, I sort of hope that there's not really many pieces of work that we've done that haven't had an impact. Mm thing to say but it feels like we've chosen the right things we've done we've done a big piece of work around highlighting the um, experience of people living in care homes during covid and the impact of isolation and restricted viewing and again we've done um harriet in my team has done some absolutely exceptional work around uh, firstly a report that was entitled i'd rather die of covid than die of loneliness and then we continue to work with with um all the health and care partners so particularly around highlighting the importance of visiting during COVID and, and we recently produced a Mythbuster poster, Harriet did it, and that's gone national now and other health watchers are coming to us saying this is amazing, you know, can we can we replicate it? So I sort of like to think that we're, you know, because we're listening to what people are telling us is important and working on those things that are important, I like to think that we've, we've, we're choosing the right things and we're, we're doing it in a way that is sort of agile and nimble but also ultimately like you say that has an impact yeah it just sounds it sounds amazing the stuff that you're doing and, and linking it into big system change or small system change i think it's it's so valuable so with that in mind um i think you mentioned before what your or intimated what your big question was going to be so would you like to just um retell what your big question is going to be please oh no i think i had about three by the time i stopped talking about it. <laughs> um, I, I suppose the big theme for me this year is how we move from listening to acting and and how do we how do we take all that what what will make a difference to to people's health and care outcomes i would say rather than experience i think experience is a bit of a word i, I don't like the word experience it sounds like you've been for afternoon tea at betty's and you you know giving it a nine out of ten on TripAdvisor. yeah but, you know this is about people's outcomes this is this is about joyce being able to understand what her gp said so that she can then support edgar in her role as carer um so, so yeah so I, I i'm really keen as a health and care system how we move from acting or from listening to, to acting on yeah. what people tell us yeah fabulous that is a great question thank you and with that um i will let you continue your day um i'm very grateful for you spending this time with me um i think i've learned a lot um 
and just just a I suppose an appreciation of the the breadth of things that that you guys are doing at Health Watch Leeds and how that is impacting on the health and care of the people in Leeds. So um, thank you very much. Um. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, which is now available on some really big audio platforms, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, and the Apple Podcast app. If you like what we're doing here, do like, subscribe, and share it across your networks, as that would mean a lot to me. So until next time, keep making stuff better and tell people about it.